The Sorcerer is a living source of arcane power, and the Paladin is a holy champion infused with divine power. Put these two powers together, and you get a magical chocolate and peanut butter situation that has remained one of the most popular multi-classing options in 5e. If you're looking to make a Sorcerer of your own, then get your bucket of damage dice ready to go as we go through everything you need to know in today's episode. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week, but now, on to the Sorcerer. You've got a lot of options when it comes to multi-classing. You could mix a Warlock with a Bard for a musical Eldritch Blast. Imagine agonizing blasts from bagpipes, you know, more agonizing than the ones that already exist in the real world. Or a Wizard and a Barbarian for a powerful attack trickster. But for my money, I'll take the Sorcerer. Though I know most people will like what the Sorcerer has to offer. The Sorcerer and the Paladin class features line up rather neatly to improve each other and create something stronger than the sum of their parts. Both Sorcerer and the Paladin are spellcasting classes that rely on their charisma, and the numerous spell slots that the Sorcerer gains can be funneled into the Paladin's Divine Smite feature for an outrageous amount of damage. Done right, you'll also have the armor and the healing abilities of Paladin stacked atop all of that damage. Sorcerers are among the strongest multi-class options in 5e, and if you're looking for a full spellcaster still rocking armor and a sword, then this is the combination that's likely right for you. Built right, a Sorcerer character is a build that can fill literally every role your party needs, including damage dealing, healing, spellcasting, and even be the face of the party. So what are the downsides? If the Sorcerer is so great, why doesn't everybody just play it? Well, as with any multi-class, you're sacrificing progress on one class for features of the other. But the big issue is that Sorcerers go from the sad class, single ability score dependent that is, to the mad class, multiple ability score dependent. You'll also likely need to take a few feats to get the most out of your Sorcerers, so Sorcerers are especially thin on ability scores. It's also really focused on spending a ton of resources for massive damage, but all these resources only refresh on a long rest, and you can be caught used up if fights are too long or numerous. Finally, while a Sorcerer is going to be a bit tankier than your average Sorcerer, it's going to be a lot squishier than your average Paladin. Every multi-class build tends to have an optimized level where they sort of boot up or kick in, and they have all of the features meshing properly. For Sorcerers, this is 5th level, or more precisely with 2 levels of Paladin and 3 levels of Sorcerer. That's not to say they're bad or unplayable before 5th level, but that's when they start functioning not just as a Paladin or a Sorcerer, but as, you know, the two actually combining. So which should you take first? Well, we'll get into the exact order of leveling up in just a second, but it's important to lock in the fact that your first level should be Paladin, almost all the time. Because of the way proficiencies work when multi-classing, starting with Sorcerer would lose you heavy armor proficiency, which is often a major part of the Sorcerer build. While every class feature has some utility, there are a few key features we're going for when putting together a Sorcerer character. One of those things is hit points. Every Paladin level you take will gain you an average of two hit points more than your Sorcerer levels with their wimpy d6 hit dice. Just as bad as a wizard, really. There's also the heavy armor, as I mentioned. The Sorcerer is flimsy, and assuming you take your first level as Paladin, you'll have access to heavy armor and shield proficiency right from the start. You'll have to do some adventuring to get that expensive plate armor, but it's worth it to get that sweet base 19 AC. There's also weapon proficiencies. Our Sorcerer should be swinging martial weapons just as well as they sling spells. Getting those initial weapon proficiencies from the Paladin is key to making that happen. 
And then of course there's Divine Smite. Gained at second level, this is the big ticket item that you'll be getting from the Paladin over any other martial class. Divine Smite lets you sacrifice your spell slots for pure consistent damage when you hit things with melee attacks, and it doesn't matter what class those spell slots came from. This means that you can use those plentiful sorcerer spell slots as raw smite damage goodness. Each first level spell slot turns into a 2d8 damage, with an extra 1d8 damage for each spell slot level above first, up to a maximum of 5d8 smite damage, or 6d8 smite damage if the target is undead or a fiend. Also gained at second level, your fighting style goes a long way towards buffing your martial ability. Keep in mind that you'll need to keep a hand free for most spells, until you take Warcaster that is, so while all the Paladin fighting styles have their merits, I usually go for dueling or defense for a one-handed weapon and a shield build. Gained at 5th level, you also get extra attack, and this one is one of the more compelling reasons to keep going forward with Paladin levels as you won't get it from being a sorcerer. And then gained at 6th level is the Aura of Protection, and this one is a lot more optional but worth considering as it's one of the strongest defensive features in the game. You and any of your allies standing near you get a bonus to all saving throws equal to your charisma bonus. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a good get. And then there's the Sacred Oath, which you get at 3rd level, but it doesn't really kick in until the 7th level. Depending on what build you go for, these archetype features may or may not be worth it, but we'll dig into that more in just a second. Now let's go over the Sorcerer features that you get, starting with Spellcasting. Sorcerers are full-on spellcasters, and they use Charisma as their spellcasting ability. You'll also be getting access to both the Sorcerer spell list and the Paladin spell list, which means you have some very great applications going on. And since a Sorcerer has full spellcasting progressions, you'll get access to much higher level spell slots much faster, ready to Divine Smite your enemies into oblivion. At 3rd level, you gain metamagic options, including Quicken Spell, which will allow you to really go off with Nova damage. Quicken Spell allows you to spend two sorcery points to cast a spell as a bonus action, rather than an action. Normally this isn't as good as it looks, since there's still the limitations on casting multiple spells in a turn. However, as a Sorcerer, you can now use your action to make your melee attack, and smite with it, then quicken out a powerful damage spell in the same turn. Also at 3rd level, you'll be able to take Twin Spell as a metamagic option. This can literally double your effectiveness with things like touch attacks so long as you have multiple targets to go after for a low cost in sorcery points. There's the Sorceress Origins, and unlike the Paladin Oaths, Sorcerers get their archetype features starting at first level, and some of them are fantastic for melee characters. We'll go into these in more detail again in just a second, but you'll be getting some good stuff from this archetype choice. While you can build a dexterity-based Sorcerer, I really recommend sticking with Strength as your main physical ability, since we can take advantage of heavy armor and don't need to rely on dexterity for AC. For most Sorcerers, you'll be doing basically the same spread of ability scores that you'd want for a Paladin, with a bit of emphasis on Charisma. You want your Strength and Charisma as high as possible, minimum 16, with Constitution as your third highest ability score. And with the exception of some dexterity builds, dexterity, intelligence, and wisdom can all be your dump stats. Your stats will also be competing with a few key feats that'll need to be taken early, so optimizing your scores is going to be key. You'll need to sacrifice at least one of your ability score increases for a feat, so try and plan ahead for that. Also keep in mind that if you start with your first level as Paladin, you'll need a minimum of 13 Charisma to multi-class into Sorcerer. And if you start as a Sorcerer, you'll need a minimum of 13 Charisma and 13 Strength. These are not high benchmarks, and both of those scores should be higher for you anyway, but keep above those minimums. 
Just like with the Paladin, the Sorcedon character needs strength and charisma first, and a bit of constitution to keep that hit point total nice and healthy. The following races gain some combination of strength and charisma, making them ideal choices for a Sorcedon character. Starting with the Fallen Azamar, the base Azamar gain plus 2 charisma and the Fallen variety get a plus 1 to strength. Azamar are already magical with spiritual overtones, so they're a flavorful choice for Sorcedons to start with. Fallen Azamar can Nova even more damage through their Necrotic Shroud feature, and you pick up both Necrotic and Radiant damage resistance for your trouble. There's also the Changeling, which gains a plus 2 to Charisma and plus 1 to any other ability, which you should place into Strength. Changelings are technically flavor-locked into Eberron, but if your DM is friendly enough, they should allow them. They fit easily as a party-face role though, so giving them even more reach when it comes to your party might be a good idea. They also fit very easily as the face of the party, depending on what they decide to look as, and this could give them even more reach when it comes to their party role. There's the popular Dragonborn, which gains plus 2 to Strength and plus 1 to Charisma. Dragonborn get a damage resistance of their choice and a breath weapon that's effective at least in early levels. It makes especially thematic sense if you go with the Draconic Sorcerer, but more on that in a second. The Half-Elf gains plus 2 in Charisma and plus 1 to any other two abilities of their choice which you should make strength and constitution. This spread of ability points gives you a unique opportunity to put a 16 in strength, constitution, and charisma at level 1. This is without a doubt the best option if you want to strictly min-max your Sorcedon character. And then we have the human. And base humans gain plus 1 to each ability score, and the variant human gains plus 1 to 2 abilities of their choice and a feat. Humans in both forms are super flexible, but variant humans, if you're DM allows them, are especially tempting here as it gets you an extra Warcaster feat ahead of schedule. If you do go this route for early Warcaster, remember though that it has the prerequisite of able to cast spells, which unfortunately means you'd have to take your first level in Sorcerer instead of Paladin and would miss out on Heavy Armor. And then we also have the Tiefling, specifically the Zeriel variant, which gets a plus two to Charisma and a plus one to Strength. This variant of Tiefling seems tailor-made for Sorcedons, as you also get some pretty good smite spells as racial spells, letting you free up some of your slots for even more smites. Add all of this on top of a really great fire resistance, and you have a pretty great starting point for your Sorcedon character. One you probably didn't expect to see here are the Tritons. Tritons gain a plus one to strength, constitution, and charisma. Just like the half-elves, Tritons represent an opportunity for min-maxing on three abilities you'll want most. Even without the min-maxing, Tritons are a very appealing option for Sorcedons. Besides the aquatic features, you gain some very useful utility spells and pick up resistance to cold damage. While you could technically do any of the normal martial-style feats with reasonable results, in my mind there's only one essential feat that you need as a Sorcedon character, and that's Warcaster. Warcaster has several features, each of which culminates to make martial spellcasting function properly. And all of this is vital to a martial spellcasting character playstyle. You get much more capable of holding onto your spells while in the middle of combat by passing those concentration saves. You basically get to wield a full sword slash board combo or a two-handed weapon without worrying about spell components. And finally, that spell attack of opportunity can be absolutely brutal in terms of damage. When you multiclass two different spellcasting character classes, things can get a little funky. Your spells known stay completely separate, so if you have two levels of Paladin and four levels of Sorcerer, you'll know the same number of Paladin spells as a second level Paladin, and the same number of Sorcerer spells as a fourth level Sorcerer. 
Where it gets strange is the spell slots. Rather than keeping spell slot progression of your two base classes, you instead combine them both into a multi-class spell casting. Multi-class spellcasters use their own special table, just a generic version of what most full spellcasters already have, and they calculate your level on that table using the levels of your base classes. The full casters count as full level, while the half casters count as half levels. For our sorcerers, this means that we count every sorcerer level as a full level on the multi-class spellcaster table, but our paladin levels only count as halves. For example, if your Sorcedon has two levels of Paladin and four levels of Sorcerer, they'd count as a fifth level spellcaster on the table. Note also that this means there's no difference between a Paladin spell slot or a Sorcerer spell slot. You know the spells that you know and can apply the spell slots to spells from either class. It also means that the correct number of Paladin levels is always going to be even, as odd Paladin levels lose out on spell slots. As a multi-class of two different spellcasting classes, you'll have access to a ton of options at each of your spell levels. The spells you'll want to focus on, though, are those that can enhance or take advantage of melee combat. Firstly, we have the melee cantrips, particularly Booming Blade and Green Fire Blade. Unlike a normal cantrip, these cantrips trigger off a melee attack as part of casting the spell, which means their damage can be stacked atop your regular weapon damage and your Divine Smite damage. Green Flame Blade is probably the best of the two, as Booming Blade depends on enemy movement, while Green Flame Blade will trigger no matter what. These are especially useful if you don't work up to, or are not yet to, an extra attack. Next, we have the min-max favorite of Shadow Blade. And Shadow Blade conjures a shadowy magic sword you can wield just like a normal magic weapon, except this one deals a base of 2d8 psychic damage. There's been some contention about this combination, but you should still be able to use a Shadow Blade, casting a Green Flame Blade, and use your Divine Smite all in the same attack. Beyond that combo, you should just take advantage of the better combat spells available to sorcerers such as Shield and Mirror Damage, and the healing and smiting spells granted from your Paladin levels. As with any multi-class, there's an optimal path for advancing your character and, ultimately, a correct, quote-unquote, ratio of levels from each class. For Sorcedons, we have three options that I'd consider to be the optimal builds of the multi-class. With the Paladin 2 Sorcerer 18, this progression we start out with Paladin levels, but they're really just a dip for the important stuff, and you simply progress with all of your future levels in Sorcerer. So, our progression looks somewhat like this. This Sorcedon build is really more like a full caster build with Heavy Armor and Divine Smite, which is still pretty great. That initial two level dip gets you the best of what Paladins have to offer without sacrificing much in the way of spellcasting abilities and sorcery points. This is also the squishiest character option when it comes to hit points, so you may need to devote more to getting your constitution up to compensate. Also, since this build won't gain an extra attack, you should highly consider leaning on the martial cantrips like Booming Blade and Green Flame Blade. Also, I'm pretty sure in a past video when I said Booming Blade, I said Blooming Blade, as though it was some sort of appetizer or something from a fantasy-themed, like, Australian restaurant. Um, if I ever say Blooming Blade again, uh, I'm sorry if I leave it in, but please call me on it, because I find that hilarious. Then there's the Paladin 6 Sorcerer 14 build. With this progression, we start out like we did before, but we alternate back into Paladin after hitting our Meta Magic and our first ASI to get our sweet aura of protection. So our progression looks something like this. 
I think pushing up to 6th level in Paladin is worth the dip in sorcery spellcasting for not only the aura of protection, but also the buffer to your hit point total. Wrap that in your extra attack and access to some of the better Paladin spells, and I'd like this build as the best all-rounder Sorcerer character option. And then with the Paladin 8 Sorcerer 12 build, it's very similar to the last progression, but we push just a bit further into Paladin for the Oath Aura and a second ASI. It's worth pushing up to the 8th level if you're going for the 7th level Oath ability, as leaving an odd Paladin level really hurts your Sorcery spell slot advancement. So our progression would look something like this. This character build will feel more like a straight Paladin for most of the time you spend playing it, but with access to some powerful arcane magic. I don't really think the push for the Oath Aura is worth it, but if you're trying to make the Polearm build work as a Sorcerer, you'll need the 7th level Aura of Conquest feature from the Oath of Conquest archetype. I'd almost only recommend this combination if you're a variant human for the bonus feat, as it's extremely feat-intensive, with the Warcaster, Polearm Fighter, and Sentinel feat all needed. Now let's go over some of the best Paladin archetypes. If you're going for just the Paladin dip, the Paladin 2 Sorcerer 18, you won't even gain access to Paladin Sacred Oath, so just don't worry about it. Sacred Oaths kick in at the third level, providing access to select spells and a pair of channel divinity options. Then, at seventh level, they usually provide an aura-based feature. Then, Sacred Oaths don't provide anything until fifteenth level and twentieth level, which should almost guarantee you won't be seeing them for a Sorcerer. This means that those features at third and seventh level should be the only ones you really take into consideration. There are other Sacred Oaths, but let's just go through the ones that are best suited for the Sorcerer character builds such as the Oath of Conquest. The Oath of Conquest gets abused a lot in the Polearm builds, and as a Sorcerer, the most tempting part of this Oath is still the aura you gain at 7th level. Also worth considering is that this Oath gives you access to the spell Spiritual Weapon. Spiritual Weapon lets you still do damage with your bonus actions once you run out of sorcery points for those quickened spells. Still, I'd only take this Oath as a Sorcerer if you plan on taking enough Paladin levels to gain that aura feature. There's also the Oath of Devotion. This is one of the best options if you're only taking 6 levels of Paladin, as one of its best features is a Channel Divinity option you pick up at 3rd level. Sacred Weapon lets you add your Charisma modifier to attack rolls for a minute, and it recharges on a short rest. As a Sorcerer, you'll be pumping up Charisma more than your average Paladin. This can make you way more reliable in combat as a result. And then there's Oath of the Watchers. The Watcher's Will Channel Divinity option can be a huge boon against certain enemies as it grants advantage for you and your party against all mental saves for a minute. This makes it a worthy option if you're only taking a few levels of Paladin. The 7th level aura providing a bonus to initiative is also good, but I'm not sure it's worth taking the level dip for. And then with the Oath of Vengeance, this oath is a key part of some infamous Sentinel builds, mainly due to the Abjure enemy feature that can freeze your opponents in place. You also gain access to the spell Hunter's Mark, and with all those Sorcerer spell slots, it's not too costly to boost your damage using it. The aura isn't worth it though, to be honest, so I wouldn't push past 6 level on this archetype. And then there's the evilest of evil paladin oaths, and quite possibly the most damaging, Oathbreaker. Aura of Hate boosts not only your damage output, but the melee damage for your nearby allies, making this oath an extremely strong damage multiplier if one or more of your allies are also melee fighters. As a Sorcerer, possibly your biggest incentive to take this oath is the access to the spell Inflict Wounds. Inflict Wounds is a powerful, infamous spell that's a damage dealer usually balanced by the fact that it takes a melee attack. 
as a sorcid and melee is exactly where you want to be though, and a quickened inflict wounds alongside a big divine smite attack can take a boss out like it was absolutely nothing. And now for some of the best sorcerer archetypes. Sorcerers gain their sorceress origins at first level, which means you're picking one no matter how few sorcerer levels you take. As you'll be dipping at least partially into paladin levels, you won't see the late features for quite a lot of your adventures, so we'll focus on the first level core features and those gained at 6th level. Sadly, most of these sorcerer subclasses really don't add much to the melee-focused strategy, but a few really shine. The following sorcerer archetypes are suited especially well for sorcerer builds. Starting with Divine Soul, this may seem like a boring healer option at first, as it mostly enhances your healing capabilities, and while that's true, and also a huge benefit to you as a character, you can also sneakily use it to gain access to a powerhouse spell, Inflict Wounds. Everybody is trying to get this spell. You already have access to Cure Wounds through your Paladin levels, and gaining Inflict here gives you the dreaded 1-2 punch of Divine Smite Attack, followed up by the Quickened Inflict Wounds as a bonus action. There's also the Draconic Bloodline, and this is a very interesting option, and one that can quite frankly throw everything else out the window. The Draconic Bloodline gives you access to an alternative AC based on your dexterity, making it the best way to build a dexterity-based Sorcedon, and you essentially get free toughness, and bonuses to chosen damage types. This also opens up the possibility of taking Sorcerer levels first since you'll no longer need the Heavy Armor proficiency and doing so would net you proficiency in constitution saves. I don't know if this is the best Sorcedon option per se, but it's definitely the best one if you're trying to make a dex build, or just want one with the dragon theme, which... that's cool. Then there's Shadow Magic, which I consider a contender exclusively due to the strength of the gray feature you gain at first level. It essentially gives you an undead fortitude save to pop back up when you would have died once per long rest. This can be way more powerful for your armored sorcerer than a squishy sorcerer, and can keep you in the fight for much longer. Or perhaps just long enough. The one that's probably recommended to most people when researching this topic is Storm Sorcery. Your first level feature lets you fly 10 feet as a bonus action without provoking attacks, meaning for the low cost of a bonus action, you can zip in and around melee combat with ease. The 6th level feature really pushes you to cast Lightning and Thunder spells, but Lightning Bolt and Thunder Wave are fine spells you'd want to cast anyway. In general, this is the Sorcerer archetype that wants you in the middle of combat, which is exactly where a Sorcerer wants to be. The Sorcerer is a multi-class build that I ran into very early when I started DMing, um, way back when I started the game, and I actually wasn't quite sure how it was going to go, but because it was in the hands of somebody that I trust to not only play the game in a fun way, but also bring a lot to their character, I was surprised how much the conflict of being something noble like a paladin, but something also nefarious like a sorcerer, could really come together to create something interesting. And thankfully, mechanically, there's a lot to work with as well. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week. You can also support us on Patreon. You can check out our online store. And if you've made an interesting in that you're proud of in the past, I would love to hear about it down in the comments. I think one of my favorites was a man named Dalin, and he, he was unstable. I'll just say that. I'll keep it at that. That's probably the simplest way I could put it. <laughs> Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell.